it going, guys? Welcome back to your favorite Swimbait podcast, Scales and Tails, another episode, episode 61. We're joined by a very special guest. Um, I'm sure probably 99.9% of you guys listening have an idea of who uh, who this guy is. He, he was pretty pretty well known, and he, he still is. Um, tonight, we're joined by Mr. Grant Langmore. You guys are, I'm like I said, you guys are... You guys are more or less very familiar with who he is, but I'll let Grant introduce himself and kind of say who he is, and then uh, we'll get the ball rolling tonight. Hey, hey, thanks for having me on, dude. Yeah, no um, problem, man. I'm excited. This will be a good one. Yeah, for sure, dude. It's uh, been a long time coming. But um, like he said, my name is Grant Langmore. I am uh, from Austin, Texas. I'm actually on the road right now, just finishing up a little fishing slash hunting trip, and uh Figured I'd set aside some time to talk with you and, uh, yeah, get it rolling. Yeah, dude. So we'll, we'll start from the beginning. Um, how did, how did you get into fishing? Where did that passion start for you as a kid? Dude, so it dates back a long time. I've pretty much been fishing or at least been like, um, attached to the water, uh, per se, since I was, I don't know, five or six years old. And, um, my passion for fishing really started when I moved from Nashville, Tennessee to Austin, Texas when I was about six years old. And uh, most of my early fishing memories came from my grandpa and I in San Antonio, just fishing the San Antonio River um, and just, you know, catching whatever we could. And then when I figured out about Ladybird Lake in Austin and uh, talked to some guys at a local tackle store is when uh, my passion really took off. Damn, dude. So, I mean, I figured that you had grown up in Austin. So, was it weird to kind of kind of move like that, or was it? Did you just kind of pick up fishing while you were there, and it was really nothing crazy? You know, I I believe I did quite a bit of fishing in Nashville when I was super super young uh, because my dad is also a lifelong fisherman. Um, but it, you know, the change really wasn't drastic. Honestly, if I had any city to compare Nashville to, it would be Austin, Texas. So um, yeah, nothing crazy from the start. Just bluegill fishing and you know doing doing all that stuff. Dude, I will say, like your dad, just like when he's in your videos on YouTube, he catches like just as many fish as you Dude. do most of the time. Like he he's, he knows what he's doing too. It looks like. Oh no doubt, Dad. If you're listening, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> mechanically he's not the best fisherman ever but i swear he was just like gifted with being able to catch giant bass like he's caught i've i've been there to firsthand witness so many of his giant fish so he is definitely a a hammer to say the least that's so awesome dude yeah dude it's it's great when you got into fishing you were just doing bluegill and stuff when did it kind of did you figure it out yourself the bass fishing side of things or did you just kind of stumble into it so a little bit of both so there was this tackle shop right like literally three minutes from my house in austin and um we honestly knew it as a gun store but by coincidence we um showed up to this place it's called mcbride's guns and the guy working the fishing counter his name was jay and uh, i had honestly seen some bass while bluegill fishing and and i i had maybe caught some but i wasn't like there was no difference between the two you know yeah and uh, so we st- we get to talking to Jay, my dad and I, and uh, he's like, yeah, there's some really big bass in Ladybird Lake, you know, just like five minutes from here. And so we had, my dad uh, wasn't really a bass fisherman at the time, but we were like, oh, awesome. Like, like what should we use for him? 
And uh, he was like, this is almost like a guarantee. Just grab a pack of Yamamoto Sanko, go to the <laughs> rowing center and uh, see if you catch any. So at the time, like, I'm pretty sure I had a button rod and my dad had like a ugly stick with like a 2,500 pin spinning rod. And uh, yeah. I'm at the dock and he's at a bench, like literally just right down the way. And I just hear him screaming my name after about 30 minutes of fishing. So I like race over and this rod is literally just completely doubled over. He's like, I got a giant. I got a giant. I'm like freaking out. And he's like reeling it in. There was a ton of hydrilla at the time. And this fish got all caught in the hydrilla. He's like, you're going to have to go get it. So I like go into the water and out to where his line stuck in the hydrilla. And I'm like reaching around. <laughs> and I find this fish and I grab it by the mouth. It was like a nine, nine and a half pounder. So yeah. like after that, probably for like the next four months, we'd go to that spot like every single night after school or whatever. And, uh, yeah, that, that's really, that's when I was like, holy cow. Like I hadn't even caught one for myself at the time, but I was like, geez, that's crazy. So like the rowing center, I mean, we'll, we'll obviously get into, to the big thing that people know you for a little bit later, but like the rowing center has like always been somewhere that, that you guys have fished by the sounds of it. Sure, dude. Yeah. Um, persistent. We'd always come back. They were finally like, we just came to an agreement that we could fish on one side of the dock and, uh, they could you know, rent the rowers on the other side. But yeah, it's a, a very, very infamous spot for sure. Damn, dude, that's so sick. So then do you remember your first bass you would caught? Mm, I remember my first big bass. Yes. That was, um, it actually wasn't on Ladybird. My uh, family and I used to always make a trip out to this river called the Pedernales river. Um, very close to, to us about 45 minutes. And I was waiting with this pin reel and i had a twin grub on a jig head and i caught about a six and a half like right at my feet and that's that's definitely that was my first big bass and another another fish that really got me hooked damn dude that's that's so sick to hear that that yeah. sounds so awesome yeah dude it was it was so then after that how long was it until you well, how did you hear about swim baits? How, how did that cross your mind or how did Dude, you see those? It's a pretty funny story, actually. Um, so there was a creek on Ladybird. This was probably when I was about 12. There's a creek on Ladybird that I used to always go fish at. And I had never really gone up in the creek. But one day I was up in there and I was fishing a Senko. At this point, I had like a, a old Stratic and like a Temple Fork rod. Like I had saved up some money to to purchase that and uh i'm throwing a sanko or whatever and i see this freaking giant bass um like cruising along right in between the bass there was a concrete wall or sorry in between the bass and the concrete wall was this like humongous gizzard shad and uh i'm throwing my sinko at this fish and it just wants absolutely nothing to do with it and then, like the fish catches eye of this gizzard shad that's literally just cruised away from the pack and I, I'm watching this all in live action. Charges this gizzard shad full speed and just hits it with its head. Like it doesn't even try and eat it. And the gizzard shad, it starts like is all stunned and it's on its side. And I watch it come up and probably from like six inches to a foot away, it just engulfs the whole entire shad. And I was like, oh my God, like I had no idea a bass could eat bait fish that big. Anyways, yeah. the following weeks, I, um, 
I stumbled across bull shad swim baits and I was like, this looks exactly like the bait fish I saw that bass eat. So I like begged and pleaded for my mom to buy me it. Um, and I had like a, a somewhat heavy bait casting setup that I wasn't very familiar with. with. And uh, she ended up getting me this bull shad swim bait. And um, I go back to this creek a week later with my buddy Charlie catching like a 10 and a half, 11 pounder, which I would bet is the exact same fish I saw eat that shad. So then after that, it was like, oh my God, like obviously this is the way to go. And then I just fell in love with throwing the big stuff, which was also at the time completely unheard of. Yeah, dude, that's that's so sick. Do you were you just like Googling stuff and ended up falling upon uh, literally I yeah, exactly. I figured out what kind of um what kind of bait fish it was of a gizzard shad. I'm pretty sure I talked to the guy at my tackle store and he was like, Yeah, you got those big gizzard shads in the lake. And I was like, Do you have any lures that look similar? And he was like, No, not really. And then I did some research on my mom's computer and came across it. And uh yeah, bull shads swim baits got it done. Was uh was it just the normal swimmer? I mean, that's probably all he had at the time. It was a, it was a six inch, a six inch, like three piece slow sinking uh bull shad. Damn, dude. Do you still have that bait? I freaking wish, dude. I got rid of a lot of my OG baits, and I obviously regret it now, but unfortunately, I no longer have that bait. Well, if you guys are listening and you remember buying a buying a bull shad from Grant a handful of years ago, it's a pretty special bait, so hold on yeah. to it. Some, someone out there somewhere has that bait for sure. Or it's at the bottom of the lake, one of the two. No in-betweens, it's one of the That's two. That's possible. I, I, I honestly cannot re- recall where it is, but it's somewhere. Your favorite swim bait podcast is now proudly sponsored by Leviathan Rods. Leviathan Rods is a Texas-based fishing rod company that's handcrafted and uses high-end, made-in-the-USA rod blanks. Every sale from Leviathan helps support foster youth and their families. With Leviathan Rods, you're not only going to feel a difference, but you're going to help make a difference, too. Friends of the show will also get 20% off their rod purchases by using code SCALES20 at checkout. So whether you're fishing in depth 250 or a square bill, make sure you're using the best rod choice out there, Leviathan Rods. So perfectly enough, Grant had to go drop off a boat that he was using. So that was perfect timing to, you know, plug the scales and tails 20 uh, discount code for Leviathan. Also, you guys weren't paying attention to Leviathan and throwback just, uh, just kind of posted their collaboration, Woody finesse rod. And, uh, that's going to be a pretty slick rod. If you guys haven't seen it, it's like that, like, uh, yeah, if you guys haven't, uh, checked out that new Leviathan rod, it hasn't dropped yet. Probably won't drop until like the summertime, but it's a slick rod. Where we left off, we were talking about bull shad, and if you guys have that special bull shad, hold on to it because it's very special. But do you remember, like, after you got that bull shad, was it just kind of a deep dive for you into the swim bait world? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, pretty much just kind of destroyed my bank account after that and then came across the HUD, and then the holy grail at the time for me was the Depths 250 because I had started watching, you know, all the swim bait videos and. Yeah, dude. Um, I remember when I saw the two fifties, I was like, Oh my gosh. And then like you read all this stuff and um especially like on the forums now, like if you look up two fifty, it's like all these guys bitching about how many followers it gets and like not necessarily a whole bunch of fish like will commit to it. And I thought like, oh whatever. And then I bought one and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I'm seeing fish that I didn't yep. even think were were like around my area. Yeah. They're probably the most legit glide bait in uh 
the swim bait swim bait world, I would say. Um, yeah. Yeah. So somebody posted on Universe today talking about like asking if the uh, if the depths two fifty was still relevant and if like if people were still fishing it as if people weren't fishing the most well-known glide bait in the world anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's just one of those things that's never going to go out of style, in my opinion. I mean, pretty much any colorway of bait fish, you got it. And uh, just that sweeping action is, is unmatched. Yeah, so when you got yours, did you get it new or did you buy it off of somebody? You're 250. I bought it new. The first one I the first one I had, I believe, was a new slide swimmer. And it was either in like wild carp. It wasn't the OG. It was either in like wild carp. I had one that had like a blue top and a very silver side. I forget what that colorway is called, but those were like the first two I got. And both of those colors are amazing, by the way. Yeah, I uh my first one I ever had was like cotton candy pink and I absolutely hated that, but it caught me a lot of fish. So I'm like, I couldn't bitch about it. Oh too much. dude. Yeah, people people sleep on uh pink for sure. It uh I, I actually caught like three smallmouth on it one year and I was oh, yeah. like, holy shit. Like, obviously obviously everybody talks about pink for smallmouth, but I mean a, a pink Ned rig is fucking a lot different than a ten and a half inch pink glide bait. <laughs> sure but i'm sure they smoked it yeah dude it was it was pretty wild but so after you get it's the a, depths like did you fish it a lot before you actually caught a fish on it or was the success pretty pretty quick i left something out that i'm just remembering between my bullshad and the hud and the depths was the spro bbz and honestly that was an absolute killer the eight inch and the four inch I fished those for the longest time before I came across um, the 250, now that yeah. I'm remembering. Dude, I didn't realize how expensive the Spro Rats were. Like, I was looking at them the other day. It was, like, 50 bucks for, like, the 40 size or whatever. I'm like, holy shit, really? I thought these were 20, 30 bucks. They've definitely jumped the price since I was using them, that's for sure, because they were. I'd go to Cabela's and buy them, and that's why, like, I use them so much just because I could easily get one. Yeah, damn, dude. Did, I mean, do you remember like going to Cabela's and buying them, and was it just like racks full that nobody was buying them? Like the sixty size, no, so big. Nobody was buying them. Honestly, I went to Cabela's and I bought that four inch BBZ, and I threw it on beds, and I actually ended up catching a twelve eight, which was my second biggest bass. And so I would always just go buy buy those baits, and at the time they were all over the shelves. Yeah. I don't even think they carry them anymore. Damn, dude, that's fucking, that is so crazy. Yeah, dude. And so after this and after after you uh, you find out what the depth is, did you catch a lot of fish on it or did you see a lot of fish and maybe not so many committers back then? I would like to say probably at the beginning, I would have a bunch of followers before I knew how to like really change up the retrieve or yeah. get those fish that would follow to commit. But I'm going to be honest, at the time, the fish in my lake were so ignorant to the swim baits that it definitely did not take me long to start catching it. Right, dude. It's um, like, oh, shit, what was I going to say? The, the depths is, like, super badass. Like, you get to see all these fish, but the depths is also good because, like, I honestly think it makes you a better fisherman. Like, you have to learn what what's going to make these fucking fish eat. Like, it's awesome to have 30 fish follow in a day, but unless you 
unless you like dick around and figure out what kind of retrieve they want. If they want like a super fast right to left or like a right blown out glide, like you're not going to get any bites. And so like, I think that makes you a better angler. For sure. And that all just comes with a practice and fishing a specific bait for a long period of time. And then you learn, you know, what certain fish just by the way they're following it are going to react to what and end up committing to it. Yeah, I, I, I learned how to read fish like my senior year of high school. So about four years ago, and it was oddly enough, it was like an, a, a, the national height. This is going to be funny for people who have never heard of this. So the national high school ice fishing tournament I went to uh, qualified for it. And so we went to go and there was like a bunch of seminars and stuff. And this guy is like, oh, do you guys know how to read fish? I'm like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? He's yeah, what are you talking stuff. about? Yeah, he's like some old head, like some 60-year-old. And he's like, okay, he's like, so say you have a like a Vexlar or a camera down there, or you can just look down your hole and see these fish. He's like, watch the fish's fins, watch their gills. He's like, if their fins are, you know, super sporadic and their gills are like really pumping up, he's like, that fish is super aggressive. And he's like, yep. if you have a fish come up there and it's like no movement at all, like emotionless, he's like, you're going to have to really work for that fish. He's like, you're going to have to push it off and you have to catch it. And then like, I transferred that to bass fishing and growing up fishing Lake Michigan and like being able to see these fish, like. I could tell when a fish was going to come up and clobber, clobber, yeah. glide bait, or if it was just going to follow it and then dip back down to the rocks. For sure. No, yeah. Uh, regardless of what you thought at the time, that is actually very good advice. And I would say the pectoral fins and the way they move is a good indicator of if the fish is going to eat or not. Yeah. Like if you see them doing like that little like backpedal circle with their pec fins, that's yep. like that, that's when you know it's game over. For sure. For sure. And I, I, uh, for me, I figured that out bed fishing, which I actually am not a big fan of, but I could tell when the fish would get super aggressive because they'd start, you know, gulping. Yeah. And those those peck fins would start going crazy and then they'd shoot at your bait and eat it. Yeah, dude, like bed fishing is whatever. Like, obviously, everybody has their own opinions, but like it's a hell of a thing to to use and learn like it's it's a live tutorial on on what these fish are doing and how they act like it's well guys um grant and i have gotten to know each other really well over the last 40 minutes just blatantly talking to each other without the recording going which is very unfortunate because we talked about a lot of stuff so we will uh i'm pretty sure it cut off before we started talking about grant's um grant's reason why a lot of guys know him so we'll just kind of brush over it and then we'll just pick up where we thought we left off originally so grant why why do a lot of people in the fishing world know who you are well um i'm not sure if this was already said but i was just <laughs> the the small um young blonde-haired scrawny little kid that uh threw huge, huge swim bait catching the lake record bass so that's definitely what gave me my kick start into the whole fishing scene yeah, so how how big was that fish? The lake record bass to this day, and uh, when I caught it, was 13 and a half pounds and 28 inches long. I'm not sure the girth. I think you can calculate it, but I forget. It was like 22, 23 inches or something. Don't quote me on that because I honestly have no idea. That's, that's like longer than my PB. My PB is like 21 and a half. <laughs> yeah, dude, she was, she was built different. And uh, so what we didn't really talk about, well, what we did talk about, but you guys will never hear it. Um, We talked about like how Grant's like more or less like his life changed after this fish. Like, uh, I mean, he talked about having a bunch of news articles reach out to him and, and stuff like that. One thing I do want to touch on is if you guys haven't already, I said it at the beginning, but there is 
there's like a little mini doc uh, video of that Yeti did of Grant, and I kind of want Grant to explain that story again because it's 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 kind of a wild story. <laughs> yeah, dude. So um, about oh god, probably a week later, I was you know doing my my normal routine, that being going uh, to the lake after school, and uh, I'm just fishing one day, and this guy uh, runs past me like hundreds of people always do. But he stops and uh, he's like, hey, you catch some big fish out of here? And I obviously just whip out my phone right away. And I'm like, yeah, dude, like I just caught the lake record. And he's like, oh, you're that kid. Like, that's freaking awesome. Like, I saw this. And then we maybe talked super briefly for like a minute after that. And he was like, well, I'm sure I'll see you again. Like, have a good day. I hope you catch him. And then continues his run. Then about a week after that, I'm uh, fishing again, obviously. And um the same guy runs past and he's like, hey, Grant, like, how you doing, man? Um, let me uh, get your address real quick. I'm actually the uh, founder of Yeti and I'd like to send you some merchandise. And obviously, like, I'm freaking out inside my head, like, oh, my God, this is crazy. So I give him my address and then fast forward about a week after that. It was like just crates of Yeti merchandise, coolers, tumblers, like literally everything Yeti had at the time just showing up to my house and my parents are like, oh my God, like he does not need all this stuff. And they just thought it was crazy. Um, and then about a week after that, my dad's looking through his email and he gets a email from the director of short documentary films at Yeti. His name's Scott Blue. And he was like, hey, we're, we're interested in doing a short documentary film with your son Grant, like if you guys could make a time to meet with me for lunch, that would be great. And we could talk about some details if you do and uh, want to go forward with it. And then six months later, the video dropped. Actually, probably more than that. Probably close to a year later. Damn, dude. And uh, and then after after Grant and I were done talking about this story, we talked about uh, him like getting to go out and fish with a lot of. I mean, obviously, you guys know the well known YouTubers and stuff, and. Um, him, him, he explained how him and John B really hit it off and they would, they would fish together a lot and stuff. And then, uh, so after, after that, like, did you, I mean, when he moved down to Texas, did you guys fish a lot more together? Obviously. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So we met through that little, you know, um, YouTube tournament that Tyler's real fishing set up. And then, you know, we talked occasionally and just every, like, you know, once every couple weeks or once a month or once every two months, he'd hit me up and be like, yo, let's fish. Let's film this. Let's do this. Let's do that. And uh, my mom would meet him halfway in Waco and drop me off at the Bass Pro and John would be there to pick me up, and shove a camera in my face. <laughs> but I mean, I, I loved every second of it. It was like hanging out with my idol and getting to be in his videos. That was yeah, pretty cool. And uh, like, like we had said before, this was like, this was when John B was still like small, small. Like, if you guys remember, he was doing like, uh, like the Gamagatsu Gilroyd um, bait reviews and stuff like in his dorm room. And like, like Grant said, like this was when he first started doing like the rig yeah. stuff. If you guys remember that, and so like that gives you an idea of how long it's been that they've known each other. Yeah, dude, it's been uh, over half a decade. Pretty crazy. That's so crazy. And um, so <clears throat> after that, like, uh shit where did we go after this um we're talking about oh so like you guys fished a lot and stuff and obviously that helped you like grow is quote-unquote like a social media presence and then what sure. was the what was the unfortunate circumstances that we had talked about before <laughs> yeah yeah 
the uh, very unfortunate circumstance was I had built up probably, you know, I think I was at like 42 or something crazy, some 42,000 followers on Instagram. And at that time, that was the only platform I had delved into. Like, I just, there was no way at that age I could have started a YouTube and like dealt with the money and the editing and all that stuff. So had built up a huge presence on Instagram and had all the connections, literally talked to like probably anybody you guys could imagine in the fishing industry slash had plans to fish with everyone. Um, and then just randomly I had my Instagram hacked. And so I lost everything. And at the time was obviously extremely uh, devastated, even though like I am not one to care about social media, but it, at the time that was my, you know, into my whole career and it pre it just felt like i just got it all taken away from me it's like the modern day version of getting canceled almost <laughs> yeah just getting wiped off wiped off the map that's so unfortunate and i'm sure if you guys have been in the fishing community for how long was that like five years ago uh, more probably more than that i think i was around 14 or 15 so i oh, guess gosh. yeah five or six years ago five or six years ago yeah, so like I'm sure you guys saw the picture like just randomly of of Grant holding the ladybird fish like with the caption like this is really this is really Grant Langmore like my account got hacked follow this account or whatever and like I was just like oh my gosh like why does that happen like that is so shitty. Sucks, dude. Yeah, yeah. And so okay, we'll we'll rewind it to like now. So obviously you you do YouTube and stuff and you post you post videos pretty pretty frequently on there or at least you had I'm trying I'm point. trying it's def definitely a newer thing but continue yeah no you're good um and so like anybody who's watched any of your videos recently like uh you you love the clash nine like that is that like your favorite bait as uh, of now yeah as far as just catching fish goes that's honestly my favorite glide bait for sure yeah it's just it's freak it's a killer dude it's literally a and I was a, I used to always throw super spooks. That was like my thing. Like I could, I was so dialed at throwing a super spook. And that's what I caught like all my big fish on. And then I come to realize the nine inch class is almost like a nine inch subsurface version of the super spook. Like just, it pretty much just walks the dog super, you know, fluidly under the water and looks freaking amazing. Yeah. Is that with, the whale tail down. Yeah, so I'm honestly not too sure about like all the different modes and stuff. Like I Dude, pretty much so just got first one, and it's it's the side is hill. Yeah, yeah. Side is up. I think it's called glide mode, but that's how I fish it. I'm I have no idea. Dude, it's like it's so hard because like you have the glide mode, you have the dead walk you have like the crank mode then they came out with that new square lip and now you have the transfer tail like like realistically that bait can, I, it can it can go like what, 12 different ways or something like that like it's ridiculous yeah see i i have only ever used it in one mode i think i've taken three casts with a lip in and was like nope and yeah i just fished it i fished it one way and i still have the tails on all my original ones that i've had somehow i've not lost them <laughs> how did you find the DRT baits, or how long? Jared, you I, I had heard. So actually, my my brother went to Japan um, in a gap year and just traveled, and 
he was at a store uh, right outside of Lake Biwa. And he was like, yo, like this place has some crazy fishing tackle. He's not a fisherman at all. But he was like, do you want any baits? And he like sent me a photo of all the baits. And I was like just kind of geeking out over it. And I saw the clash. And then there was some other like huge soft bait that DRT made. And for whatever reason, I chose both of the, the, they were like jet black versions of the baits. And he brought it home. And I don't think I even caught a fish on that black clash. I like had no idea how to throw it. I, it was just kind of a souvenir. Um, and so then like fast forward, I like, I came across DRT obviously because I had those baits, but then my buddy, what was it? How did I get my, Oh, um, my buddy Jared sold me one. He was like, yeah, this bait's a killer. It was a pro blue. And that's when I really started throwing it and just freaking ripping them open on it. I think I caught like a seven or eight pounder my first time ever throwing it. Dude, that's ridiculous. Like, did you, like, did you YouTube videos and stuff to see how to fish it? Or did you, was he, did he just tell you how you should fish it? And that's what you did. Dude, he just sold me the bait and I tied it up and looked at it in the water for about two days and then understood how to fish it and just threw it. That's so sick. Um, yeah. You, now, you you fish the quads on yours. Was that always the case or no? Yeah, I would say uh, Jeffrey the King is actually the one who sold me on the quads. And I also have a fishing story that sold me on the quads. But yeah, that's pretty much all I throw. Like even on my hinkle trout i'll throw size one quads which look just incredibly small but they actually work super well but um specifically the reason i i got them is jeffrey was like yeah you gotta try these you gotta try these and he gave me a pair just one pair and i stuck it on my clash and about you know a month later i was fishing out on lake austin which is the lake above ladybird and i hooked up to a freaking giant it was a 10 pounder and uh, it was hooked with like one, one quad and like, and the top of its mouth, and it was coming up and head shaking. I was like, literally every single fish on every other bait. If you have a fish that big with a bait that heavy, jump with just one hook in their mouth, they're gonna throw it on like the second or third jump. So I was pretty much just like biting my teeth, expecting it to happen. Yeah. And this fish comes up and completely clears the water, jumps all the way out of the water, shaking its head. And the other quad in mid head shake gets stuck into its face, like when it jumps. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, like that's never happened before. And like when I got it up to the boat, like it was just freaking pinned up, like was not going anywhere. And I was like, okay, that, that was pretty sweet. Now I'm sold. Uh, some people would probably beg to differ because I definitely have had fish come up and freaking T-bone the hell out of my bait and just not get hooked. But that's... That's not even the hooks. That's just fish in general. Fishing is. Yeah. Um, do you run quads on everything or just some of your baits, your bigger stuff? Everything. Yeah, I mean, if you like it, there's no point in not doing it on everything. Uh, I, your sizes for everything. Dude, I don't even know the sizes of hooks or split rings or anything. I just use what split rings I have and size one quads, and I toss them on every single one of my baits. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know hook sizes either. I just like I, don't, I usually I, ask I, around. I got yeah. I have to ask people. I'm like, yo, what hook size? And then I came across size one quads, and that's literally they hang from every single one of my swim baits. 
which is not, I don't have that many baits, by the way. I only, I whittled down to the ones that are proven. Yeah, dude, I watched, um, after your video yesterday, another one had popped up of, uh, of you fishing the, the bull shooter. Dude, that video was fucking sick. That is such a sick video. That pond video? Yeah, yeah, the golf course pond. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty fucking nuts, honestly. Dude, just like slinging casts in there, unhooking a fish, slinging it back out there. Looks like oh, the same oh. exact fish ate the bait again. <laughs> yeah, which it wasn't, dude. I, I hooked four and four casts, which is like absolutely unheard of swim bait fishing. Yeah, that's so crazy. It, it was pre pretty nuts. Shout out to the kids that showed me that pond. They're actually about to come on a guide trip, which is cool. Hell yeah, dude. Was that your first time? Were you fishing the Leviathan stuff then? Was that your first time out with that those rods? Cross Leviathan. I, I know how it was. Someone had told me at the uh, tackle store that I worked at McBride, which is actually the place I was talking about where I got started in the fishing. Someone was like, "Yeah, you should check out Leviathan. Like they're they're local in a sense. They're he, I mean, Eric lives forty five minutes from my house." Yeah. And I was like six. So I, he like gave me a card or something and I like checked out their social media and I reached out and I was like, yo, I'm a local, like your rods look freaking insane. Like I, they're obviously hard to get cause they're sold out on your website. Like, is there any way I could, you know, buy one off you, uh, directly. And he like reached out right away and he was like, yeah, dude, like I love heck, helping out local hammers, like come by the shop and, and we'll uh, get you a stick. So I come with like 300 bucks cash, like, cause I saw how expensive they were. And he just like hands me two rods and it's like, here you go. And I'm like, yeah. All right, how much do I owe you? And he's like, oh, nothing. Like, just, just take the rods. I was like, are you serious? He was like, yeah, dude, like just, just fish them. Send people our way. And I was like, holy. And dude, I had used, I had used for so long before and like, I'm not going to lie, and uh, yeah, you can choose to put this in or not. I just had some bad experiences with the company. But at the time, that was the only other, like, custom swim bait stick that I, like, really enjoyed and that I had even, like, knew of at the time. And then I started fishing the Leviathans, and they're, like, literally half the weight of the rods I was using previously. Yeah. <laughs> and they're parabolic, which I always love because I love the Dobbins, and then I love my white labels that were all parabolic. And I was like, holy cow, like these rods are insane. And I care way, way more about my rod than my reel, believe it or not. Dude, going from going from a, like a production rod even and picking up a Leviathan, Dude, like you so literally pick it up and you're like, oh my gosh, like where's the weight to this thing? Like it feels like a little pea shooter. And then you no. fish it and you realize it's like a jerk bait rod. Like it's it's like parabolic, like a jerk bait yeah. rod. It's like, oh my gosh, like if that's your thing. And that is that is my thing. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. Why did I not get one of these way way earlier? I know. I, I would have. I just had no idea they even existed. And then I literally drove 45 minutes, picked one up, and like not even because I, I don't I'm not it's not like I, there's any paid promotion here. Just because they are legitimately the best swim bait rods, I was like, holy cow, these things are insane. And I don't even care about gear. They that was the first rod I was like, wow, like this does make a difference. Do you remember your first fish on your Leviathan? Like, did you like hook it, sweep into a fish, and you're like, "Holy crap!" Like this, yeah, load, like all yeah, the way. Yeah, dude, I, I think I was with my buddy Blake. Shout out Blake. He always takes me on his boat when I uh, didn't have one. Um, I think I busted like a seven pounder with like my first couple trips. I just came up and smoked my clash. Um, 
And, dude, it was just like a shock absorber because the way those parabolic rods work, obviously, you know, uh, it's like there's, you know, certain for, for the amount of pressure being pulled, there's certain amounts of rod that bend accordingly. Yeah. And then, you know, like that fish was just trying to literally rip drag and my whole rod just bent throughout it. And I just like kept it perfectly pinned and just winched it to the boat. Boom, caught it. And then I was like, yeah, that was freaking sick. Yeah, dude, that's that's so awesome. Was uh, what did what did you end up getting? Probably like a heavy. It was an X. I think I think from the get go, he gave me one XH. I don't think he gave me two rods. Now that I'm oh. remembering, it was an extra heavy, and it was like the freaking sickest rod I've ever had. And I uh, freaking like after six months, I just got my boat, and I pick up or probably longer, probably like a year, year and a half. I had this rod and caught just so many fish on it and i put it under a rod cleat and picked it up freaking oh. yeah damn it dude <laughs> but it, it was it was the xh omega and um yeah yeah that was the first one i had that was my favorite rod i've ever had to this day have you messed with the uh the finesses at all have you picked I, up a finesse I, don't really throw finesse glides so it's kind of impractical for me yeah. I've, I've thrown them and they're freaking amazing like for the tiny cash the shell cracker and all those smaller swim baits but like i pretty much only throw a clash a hinkle shad and a hinkle trout that's literally it i don't i don't i barely even throw soft baits damn have you messed around with like the ghost at all or anything no hell no i don't go that big <laughs> i know they it's, slay i know they slay but like dude i uh, yeah it's like there there's a point where i want to cast like a decent amount and catch fish but i don't want to go out and only cast like i want to shot at least one or two fish that'd be that'd be pretty nice <laughs> i think dude the same size fish that's gonna eat your 18 inch bait is gonna eat a nine inch bait like there's just that's just for like the the content almost not that it wouldn't work, and if I had one, I'd use it, but I'm not about to spend $400 to, to use one, you know? Yeah, dude, it, it, it just doesn't make too much sense as far as that goes. Um, what do you, oh, I mean, there, actually, you posted a video, um, that YouTube video that you'd posted with your Hinkle, shat, or Hinkle Trout, was that the uh, first Hinkle uh, Trout you had had? Yes, yep. Mm -hmm. That bait's fucking sick, dude. Uh, it's definitely on the bigger side for, like, me to throw, but it does work, and it pulls some wicked followers. Um, I think I caught one on, like, my first trip. Like, a six-pounder came up off a rock pile and just creamed it. And uh, I think, I, dude, I've had the best luck with Hinkles because I've seen other people's. Maybe it's the way they've tuned them, but, like, in my opinion, just my personal opinion because I'm super picky. Like, they swim like crap. And all of mine that I've had, like, I can literally on an 8-1 reel, reel as fast as I can, and they just stay completely straight. And the cool thing about the Hinkles is the more you fish them, the better they fish because the joints loosen up and it becomes way more uh, maneuverable. Yeah, so the one I had bought from Andrew, I think I've told this story a couple times, mine actually floated and like it you could not fish it fast at all you had to fish it like that like that roman made mother swim like super slow and maniacal and that is everything that i don't like to do yep. and so i caught fish on it it was a cool bait caught at the time my pb and the longest fish i had caught and a couple other little rats four pound rats but 
I was like, I, there's just definitely a better bait out there for me. And I held on to it for like a year. And then I actually just sold it this year. Cause I'm like, there's no point. Like I'm not going to fish this thing. Cause I absolutely hate how it swims. Yeah. 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 Um, did you try suspension strips at all? Yeah, dude. So he, he sent them with the stock hooks. I did stock hooks. I, I spray painted it and then I did, Oh, what was it? Like four or five suspend strips. Obviously that's not a crazy amount, but that was like, more than I was expecting to have to use. Yeah. And I did them, I can't remember if I did them under the chin, like by the gill plates or around the hook, like the hooks. And mm-hmm. it's still like, I mean, it was like a slow, slow float at that point in time. And yeah. everything I was fishing, like I needed to be down like three feet, like not like three inches. So yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was miraculous that I caught as many fish on it that I did because it just yeah. was nothing I liked to do. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. The first hinkle shot I actually got was um, was a floater too, but I like somehow weighted it perfectly to where like anywhere I'd kill it in the water column for like pretty much my water temps year round would just sit there. It's completely suspended. That is so sick. And I could just freak. It was that carp one that I caught like so many fish on, and I lost it in a freaking derby to Peric. I don't even like talking about it honestly. <laughs> But, like he um, won it from you, or like you you yeah, caught he up won it in the last like thirty seconds. We were doing like a three uh, fish limit on the Brazos because we were so freaking bored, and it was eight hundred bucks to. If I won, it was eight hundred bucks. If he won, he got my Hinkle Shad, and dude, I I swear to God, like I would way rather have the Hinkle Shad than eight hundred bucks. But I was like, fuck it. So Does I he still have you know? Yeah, yeah, but he freaking it just sits there. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> Oh my it God. never gets fished. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Um, do you how do you mod your canines other than the um the quads? Do you put suspend strips on them to get them to slow? Oh no, you said you like to fish them right up by the surface. So oh, you probably don't do much, do you? Yep, not like like pretty much nothing, dude. I I uh just at Ivy I tested uh putting tungsten putty on it. Yeah. Just to get down and the fish, like, dude, I I swear to God, I had um several 10 pounders like inches from my bait on live scope and they just pissed off at the last second but other than that no dude i i just throw it straight out of the package i change out the hooks and good to go dude i um like i said i i talked to matt every once in a while and when he first got down there and he caught that decent sized fish i had hit him up and he explained how he caught it and like how meticulous it was that to catch was fish on glide bait. yeah and like after that like after he said that i'm like oh like I, that completely just wiped my mind. Cause I'm like, why is nobody fishing like glide baits down there? Like, I bet you they'd probably eat them. And then he explained that story. And I don't want to, I don't want to say, cause I don't know if he's posted a video or talked about it, but I'm like, Oh my gosh, screw that. Like that is not what I would do. I would have just given up and cast it again. Literally, which is so weird. And his, uh, that story is pretty crazy. I can't wait for that video, but people do fish glides out there. I don't think there's like any real, real hammers that go out there, but, Dude, they were they were smart to the glide. I think it was just the shitty fishing. Pretty crazy, Man, dude. Um, how many how many clash nines have you had? Have you had a bunch? One of them, buddy. Oh, the pro blue, where I caught that. Have you not those video? Yeah, yep, yep, yeah. Where I was, you know, just freaking messing them up on that pro blue one. Um, I had that one, which I caught probably sixty or seventy fish, and then I exchanged a guide trip for a joy thief. And I probably caught 150 Ooh. on uh, the Joy Thief, the one that I have now. Uh, at least 100. 
if not 150. That's so sick. How did you that that wasn't your first time floating the Devils, was it? Was that your second time doing it? No, no, I had floated it. I had floated it probably two or three times prior to that. That was my first time ever throwing swim baits out there, and it was okay. fucking stupid. Yeah, like, dude, that water, like watching that video, and like, dude, didn't you catch a pretty big smallmouth? I thought I caught, I caught like a twenty-inch smallmouth that weighed like three and three quarters because yeah, it was like, spawned out. Dude, that is so crazy. It was freaking absurd. Yeah, destroyed the class. I thought it was a large mouth. I was like, oh shit, there's a big large mouth. <laughs> Damn, dude. And it's like, we all know how, well, a lot of us know how, like, fish act to glide baits when they've never seen them before. Oh but, I God. mean, those fish have, like, never seen, like, much of anything. Like, yeah. was that fishing that much crazier than, like, fishing swim bait virgin waters? Um, essentially, that is what it was, like, swim bait virgin waters. Because, like, my, my dad and my buddy threw conventional the whole time because no one even thought to bring swim baits. And, um... Dude, they could not catch a fish over, like, four pounds, and I think I caught, like, seven over five. Um, so it, it something, but they were, like, every single big fish I saw, i do on it, and they would come up and just destroy it. Every single one. Damn, dude. Oh, I, I don't that think I had so a single, single follower that trip that didn't hit it. That's so crazy. And is that a three- or four-day flow? Three. That one was three. Yeah, it was about 18 miles, three days. It's a, it's a grueling trip, but man, it's fun. That's, that's so sick. <clears throat> um, that, dude, like, that's like one thing. If you guys have never watched Grant's YouTube channel, which I'm sure there's probably a couple of you that have or haven't, but like the spots you fish, like they're just so sick. Um, I don't know how old the video was, like probably like a year, but the one where you guys are fishing in the hill country, it like this like dam area Pond. and like it's yeah was, was like it the, the dam and then was it like a little creek dam yeah it was a creek thing it was like where you guys were catching a bunch of fish on frogs too oh yeah 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 that's actually where john caught his original pb that spot is is honestly extremely tough now but it is a very cool spot yeah that spot is so sick and then um another spot like that I mean, I grew up watching you guys fish. Is it? It's like the cabin right on the spillway of the dam right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like elaborate on that, like the spillway spot that like you, John, and Ace fish because that, yeah, that's like a yeah, sick yeah. spot. Oh, dude, such a sick spot. It's um, unfortunately to anyone listening or who has watched that video, it is a private spot. Uh, although some people uh, like to think it's public. Uh, <laughs> My buddy's grandparents own that dam, and I met Ace a long time ago. I think I met his dad before I met him, but his dad's a huge fisherman. Ace ended up inviting me out to this spot, and it's obviously just like the a, such a crazy, unique spot. Um, but yeah, a private dam that I was fortunate enough to have access to, and I swear to God, there's like 14 pounders there sitting in that that current that'll come up and hit your glide and go straight back down into the current. It's so crazy, dude. It's it's freaking insane. I remember watching like uh you guys flipping over rocks and grabbing like those uh Elgamites. Elgamites, yeah, like in John's video. Yeah. And yeah. you fish on them. That's so sick. Dude, yeah, I don't I don't know why. Those things freak me out, but like <laughs> there's so many freaking Helgamites in that river. 
Yeah, dude, those those fucking things are like centipedes, dude. I hate centipedes. Centipedes they're, and hell. They're horrifying. They're centipedes with giant pinchers that like yeah, like dude, to bite you. They're like smallmouth candy, though. Like the smallmouth candy, we love hell. Yeah, it is also a extremely unique spot for Texas because it has smallmouth bass. That's so sick. Yeah, yeah. Um. So. What what are some of the other baits you like to fish? We kind of touched on the K nine and the Hinkle trout and the Hinkle trout. Is there anything else that you really like like to fish pretty often? The uh, dude, honestly, like the that throwback bait is freaking money, dude. Yeah, the Wake Walker. Or do you? Yeah, have, the like, thing is crushed. I like. I'm always skeptical. Like, not even nothing against uh, Kyle or or the baits themselves, but I was just like skeptical at first. And he was the homie, and he hooked me up with a bait, and he's like, "Yeah, just try it out. Like, let me know what you think." Like. I think you'll like it. And I was like, all right, let's see. I started throwing it, dude, and I just started like mangling them on it. <laughs> That's so sick. I had was... a, I had oh, actually, no. I probably shouldn't even burn the other company, but continue. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, so you met Kyle at the Texas meetup last winter, uh-huh. right? Yep. Yep. Damn, dude. And then it's like, did, did Marshall just tell you like, Hey dude, like come, come hang out or whatever. Or like, how dude, did like, that work? I saw someone post about it and I'm like, I'm, I like, I never show up to those kind of things. And I was like, woke up on a Sunday. I was like, ah, I got nothing to do. Like, I'll go say what's up. So I pulled up and like met everyone. It was actually super cool. Like I talked to all these guys I had never met before and yeah, uh, you know, talked with Marshall. I'm pretty sure Marshall did invite me actually. Um, but yeah, it was super cool, and I met Kyle, and he's obviously a good dude, and I, I hope to fish with him sometime. Oh yeah, man, we love Kyle. As was Marshall. <laughs> so, uh, those are the baits you like to fish. What what kind of gear? I mean, we kind of touched on your rods, and you. I mean, you kind of even elaborated on your real situation. But like, what's your what's the setup that you catch a lot of your fish on? Um, dude, I <laughs> right now. I got three rods sitting right next to me. I have a heavy Leviathan. I have an extra, extra heavy Leviathan. And I have an extra heavy Leviathan. My heavy has a Daiwa Coastal um, that I actually switched reel handles with the Tatula 300. And then I have an extra, extra heavy with an 8 to 1 Tatula 300. And then I have my extra heavy with a Corrado 200 E7. But I honestly just like interchange all my my uh, rods and reels. But fast gear ratio, twenty pound fluorocarbon. That's it. That's all I throw. Yeah, and just just fucking call it good quad hooks, and that's that's all you need. That's all a man yep. needs. <laughs> yep, literally, dude. You don't need to to overcomplicate it. You just throw what you got. Throw like your cheapest Seeger basex on there and get to ripping. What Check kind your of, line. What kind, of, what kind of knot do you use? Dude, so I, for the longest time, I tied the uni, which is, like, has been fairly good to me, minus the the mishaps every once in a while. But I started tying this one where it's, like, a, a clinch mixed with a polymer. So it's, like, you double it over just like you're going to do a polymer. And yeah. then you take that loop and you wrap it around your main line, like, four or five times. And then put it back through the bottom and cinch it tight. And it literally looks like a clinch knot. It's just, like, double-stranded. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I want to say is that the san diego jam i don't believe so but it's got three tag ends that i've heard the san diego jam was super complicated to tie and this takes me like i could do it with my eyes closed oh that is so sick which <laughs> i i have always done if there's a knot that takes me more than like 10 seconds i'm not gonna tie it 
Yeah, nope. dude, I'm, I'm very conservative with my time, too. I won't even lie. I, I tie the improved clench nut just because I've never had a problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever works for you. It's not, there's no point in sitting there for a minute and a half licking every single piece of line to get yeah. like some perfect knot that's, will, you know, a nick five feet up your line will just snap if the knot yeah, doesn't. Dude. Yeah. Do you, uh, I mean, you probably, you don't fish any leaders or anything, I'm sure, just straight. Uh, 20 I- occasionally with uh, some of my conventional tackle i do for sure and then uh sometimes with the wake bait i'll throw some some braid to uh to mono or to fluorocarbon yeah but for the most part no no i i I tie leaders on on every single one of my spinning rods but that's about it sick man well i think that's about everything so uh what's the social media for for anybody who doesn't follow you yeah dude so um you know, the biggest thing is as of now, kind of my, uh, main job is, is guiding, which I, I haven't, I don't have a website yet, but I, I work through an agency called captain's experience. So if you want to, if you're interested, if anybody who's listening is interested in coming on a guide trip, literally just go to grant underscore Langmore seven on Instagram, hit me up and we'll hit the water and you can learn probably even more than you did in this podcast and we'll chase some giants. And then other than that, uh, YouTube is definitely above all the main goal. So it's just my name. And uh, I'm definitely going to take that super, super seriously in the coming future. Heck yeah, dude. I will uh, link all that stuff. Swimbait USA. Remember the name. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah, I was going to ask about that, but I'm glad I didn't because it probably wouldn't have been fucking recorded. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's that's a little little side gig that me and my buddy are going to. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna grind. Should be cool. Hell yeah, dude! But I want to thank Grant for coming on. I want to thank you guys for for listening. Um, you guys actually are only gonna get like an hour episode when it should have been close to like an hour and a half. But I kind of I kind of messed up and we lost service and it stopped recording. But I got to know Grant pretty well over that forty minutes that nobody else got to hear. <laughs> yeah, for Man. sure. But, uh, yeah, guys, other than that, like I said, make sure you follow Grant. Uh, make sure you guys follow the podcast if you don't already. Scales and Tails underscore podcast on Instagram. Um, Patreon, I the big project, big secret project I've been working on. Patreon guys already know about it and a couple other guys. Um, join the Discord server if you guys want to ch- talk. Just a couple of guys having a bunch of fun over there. And then, uh, obviously, rate the podcast however you guys like it. On your listening platform, five stars is super badass. I think we're at, like, 54 ratings which is honestly pretty crazy in less than a year and uh if you guys haven't already make sure you buy a january slap to enter to win i want to say it's a 5.9 inch 101 custom painted sly guy gill but i'm not sure i haven't really talked to clayton about it but whatever it is it's gonna be a sly guy bait that you can win for six bucks buying a sticker but that's my big whole spiel i needed to say so like i said i want to thank you for coming on i hope you guys enjoyed this episode like i said it was kind of kind of was butchered a little bit but that's whatever we we did the best with what we had and you guys just have to accept that because this this is a call-in show so like i said yeah man um thank you for coming on like i said i hope you guys thanks for having me yeah man it was was we talked about it before and then we finally put some plans into action but sure dude i uh i remember you reached out to me recently and i had a bunch of time on my hands i was like let's do it hell yeah man but thanks for uh hitting me up Yeah, I want to thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'll talk to you guys next time. See you guys.